Hello and welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 129, Restrain the Git Kraken. I'm your host, Ryan Spilken, and joining me today in order to hold back the many arms of the beast are Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda, Matthew, good day. Greetings. Good to see you both. Well, before we get to the eldritch abomination that is um, the Git Kraken news with Bitbucket, <laughs> we'll start as we always do with the Atlassian Cloud updates. These are covering from the 27th of September to the 12th of October. And of course, you'll get links to these notes in our transcript. Let's start with the Atlassian Cloud platform, where now you're able to create a mobile app management policy. Admins can now configure security controls for users' iOS or Android devices, clipboard restrictions, data protection, device security, and such, by creating a mobile app management policy. Now, you have to be an Atlassian Access subscriber to do this. This could be a requisite feature for some enterprise uh, users out there. I could see it being quite handy. Yeah, actually, uh, years ago, I was working with a multinational firm that wanted this exact thing. They they wanted to prevent people from copying and pasting stuff on their phone or downloading certain things. And we looked at creating a custom app to do that. And there just wasn't an actually secure way to do it. Like we could hide buttons or things like that, but you'd still potentially be able to get around it. Um, yeah, because it's getting all- compliance. Yeah, like getting compliance with a security policy that says we don't want you know, the state to be portable is really hard in the Atlassian space. Atlassian doing this on cloud is fantastic. Like this is, this is really powerful and it's going to make some large enterprises. Like this is the type of feature where you go, Ooh, I don't know that the cloud is secure enough. And you go, Oh shit. Cloud is more secure than my data center. Cause I can't do this on data center. That's, that's pretty neat. Well, it's not just it's it's a combination though of cloud and um, server side or or client side stuff. Like the actual iPad is going to have to be a co- a company managed one, right? Like because if you pull up Jira through Safari on an iPad, yeah. So that is, that is a question here. Of um, so it's mobile app management. Presumably, this is referring to your access through the apps, not through the mobile web browser. Um, which could potentially be spoofed. That said, if you already have, yeah, you're raising questions for me now. You're raising questions. For me I now mean, because, I see what I see what you're saying, and I think it's yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But but because the the thing is so user centric, the those devices are so user centric. If it's not a heavily regulated device, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, it it makes me it, it makes me want to like find some way to connect with. Uh, the the GR platform, uh, you know, product manager or or whomever the Atlassian platform, to uh, to talk with us more about that. I don't, I don't know, Ryan, if that's something you can put on your plate there, but uh, I'm, you know, you got nothing else going on. Maybe we can track that person down. <laughs> oh, Matthew, you get you crack me up sometimes. Only sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that time, though. That's BS. Maybe we could reach out to our our um, colleagues over there at Atlassian. See if I can see if I. We'll see what we can do. We got some people who know some people. All right. Over in the Jira platform, you are now able to save your search criteria with filters. We actually had to go roundabout this for a little while before we recorded today because it was a little confusing. What this comes down to is that they're moving the save filter UI 
into the project issue list. So when you move into the sidebar menu within a project that says issues, and then you define a search with either basic search or JQL, they will then include a save button, which will allow you to save that search. Whereas previously, that was only done through the issues menu. And, and to be clear, they're not moving it. It will still be there in the issues menu. If you can conduct a search, you'd be able to say that as a filter. They're just adding it adding, to the view yeah. uh, when you're looking at project issues. So you, you, know, you modify it in some way, and then you'll be able to save that also. Um, what I'm curious to see is if in that left sidebar, right now there's a number of sort of default filters shown. If your custom filter for that project will display in that left sidebar as well, I think that'd be nice. But um, this feature is rolling out. It is not available on any of our cloud instances yet. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Moving on to Jira software, you are now able to roll up dates on your roadmap. So the project managers in the two of you are probably a little tickled by this, right? You can now infer dates of epics based on those of its child issues in roadmap view. So if an epic has three stories that each last one sprint, your roadmap view will automatically schedule the epic to last three sprints. When you put your project manager hat on, does this please you? Yeah, this is similar to the Epic forecast that's uh, in, in Jira software on-prem. So it sort of measures velocity and uh, then you know looks at the stories in the Epic and says it's going to take this long. Um, it's a like not a bad report, but it, it is one you have to kind of like be aware of because kind of the point of an Epic is we don't yet know all of the work that's involved in this. We may be adding more stories to it. We might have estimated them to be one thing and we'll discover along the way that you know, maybe there's more work that we uncover. It's going to take longer. Um, so the the risk here is people looking at this roadmap and going, ah, this epic will be done at this time, when in reality, we don't know uh, when, uh -huh. when it will actually be done. So it's it's the type of thing, as a, as a project manager, if I saw this pop in my roadmap and it's, it's a report that's shared with people outside my team, uh, I would be a little concerned that it would be interpreted incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Well... Brenda, your thoughts? I am going to have to agree with Matthew. Um, it's a very common thing that, that Matthew has referenced, which is, oh, we have this work, it'll be done at this time. We don't know. We don't know what might need to be added. Um, and, and I see this again and again and again and again, where we see that, that end date and go, oh, that's it. We can't do anything else. We're not going to be able to accommodate anything else. No, that's not how we're operating here. The it, it would need to be taken with a grain of salt. All right. All right. Maybe a teaspoon of sugar. No, no, <laughs> just salt. Just We're salty around here. <laughs> fair. That is absolutely fair. Also in Jira software, project pages, you are now able to connect a specific Confluence page to a Jira project instead of a specific space. In Jira work management, you're able to use the modern global issue create dialog. Um, the notes on this were a little vague. Uh, onboarding already handled by the modern global issue create dialog. Uh, so, um, yeah, that global uh, issue create dialog working in Jira work management now. If you have noticed the global issue create uh, dialog in your Jira work management instance, let us know. 
this is this is the type of update that makes me wonder if I'm taking crazy pills. Like, <laughs> could we not create issues before in your work management? Here's here's how I read it. And dear listeners, please hit us up uh, one way or the other uh, at Adaptivist on social media. Here's how I I I kind of read this: is they had maybe a custom issue create approach in Jira work management and they're rolling back to a the the global you know standard default one i i don't know but it yeah i i struggle with this one too and i don't even know how to test it because i'm like was i using an archaic method before now i get to use a modern method i don't i don't isn't it all modern we changed how this works in the back end no real impact to the users, but we want to say we changed something to show we did work. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It, it makes me feel bad as a podcast host, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Atlassian, please be more detailed in your update notes. If we could get some more gifts, please. That would more really gifts. go a long way. More gifts. Please, more gifts. <laughs> For Confluence Cloud, you can now easily add comments when viewing a page. I thought that commenting was always easy, but they've added an additional <laughs> method to comment on a page where if you hover over the right side of the page, you'll reveal an option to add a comment to a section of text. Cool. Um, all of your previous commenting tools are also still available. So highlighting comments and page comments both still exist. This is just another way to add a page comment. And finally, on Bitbucket Cloud, default values for custom pipeline variables have added a new property to the pipeline configuration. Now you can provide a default variable value for a custom pipeline. And everyone rejoiced. Um, being able to specify default values is really nice, um, uh, especially when you're sharing this with other teams. So I think that's a, a cool addition. Turning to on-prem, we've got Confluence 7.14. Uh, frequent listeners will recall that uh, the last release, last podcast, 7.13, was the long-term support release. Now we have 7.14 data center release. It is all about the DC, which is uh, another thing we were talking about before the podcast, but not terribly surprising. I mean, service on setting, um, so wouldn't have much there. Uh, the first one on the docket is pretty exciting. Upgrade to the next Confluence version without downtime. Uh, for those admins who have been in the game for a while, uh, zero, what was their original term for it? It wasn't zero downtime upgrades, I don't think, but there was, uh, maybe that was what it was called. I think that's what it was called. ZDUs. Um, so the ZDU thing, zero downtime upgrades, um, was announced at Summit years ago. I don't remember which year, 2015 maybe? Um, no. And it was pretty exciting. You think Wasn't it was 2016? It more, I thought it was more recently than that, but go on. Maybe it's well. So it was announced a long time ago, but it didn't actually work immediately. Like it was, <laughs> it was almost a year before it like really did stuff, and then it was in a very limited scope. So it was you could only do point releases on a particular architecture when the stars aligned and the moon hit your eye in just the right way on a um, Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been progressing over time. Uh, and, you know, these days you could, you could do this with a rolling upgrade for bug fix releases. So you could do a bug fix release without any downtime. Now 
you can upgrade to the next compatible feature release without downtime. Um, so this is this is pretty big in your data center cluster. Uh, Going to save a lot of time and effort. It's one of those things where, like, you know, it's been a long time now since I was an admin, but like, oh my god, this is the type of thing that make me so happy. Like, you know, getting your weekends back and just being able to to do it and, and potentially to roll back if you need to. So. Uh, 7.14, very exciting there. You can also now uh, install Confluence Data Center on Kubernetes. I mean, actually, you could do that before, uh, but they've made it a bit easier uh, in some different managed environments, such as Amazon EKS, uh, Azure's Kubernetes Service, Google Kubernetes Engine, et cetera. Um, so we'll, we'll link to these release notes. If uh, that's something you're interested in, they've got an uh, additional article they link to running data center products on a Kubernetes cluster, maybe of interest to you. Uh, some data pipeline improvements. Um, so scheduling regular exports, changing export locations. These are things you can do now. Also some improvements to uh, calendar. Uh, again, just a Confluence data center feature, which is, you know, this is the one where you go like, this could have been server, but uh, whatever. Um, you can now import an iCalendar file into an existing team calendar. So uh, if uh, some crazy person in an enterprise is using iCal, um, you know, get that. Get that in your team calendar. Matthew, can I point out in that, that the, with the Kubernetes bit, is that yeah. um, the first line infers something that maybe is unintentional there. It says that Jira, Confluence, and Bitbucket data center can now be deployed on Kubernetes clusters. So the the buried lead there is that I don't remember that being uh, highlighted in the recent Jira update. Like, so have they restructured the uh, <clears throat> the deployments for all of them? Um, maybe. I mean, I've known people running the Atlassian tools in Kubernetes for well over a year. So I think the story here is uh, more that... Um, these managed environments like the, the Amazon or Azure. And like, I, I'll be honest, listeners, uh, sorry, again, failing as a podcast host. I haven't like logged into the Amazon account and dug into this. My guess is there's now a one-click button where they've partnered of the like, I'm going to deploy Jira into Kubernetes and job done. Um, because it's like it's not like you couldn't do this before through a bunch of manual effort. Um, I think they've just made it simpler. Uh, and uh, so yeah, this is in the Confluence release notes. Jira Confluence Bitbucket Data Center, you can deploy these things this way. Um, I think, I don't think they bury the lead. I think the statement of can now be deployed on is a little misleading. I think it, it, it obviously could have been deployed before. I think they've just made it easier in these managed environments. Yeah, they, they now offer Helm charts on GitHub, and there's a link to the project on GitHub that makes this easy to install Jira, Confluence, and Bitbucket data center on Kubernetes. Yeah. Adds functionality into the products, basically. Yeah, I interpret it as this is making it where I could install it in Kubernetes, which I would not have been able to do before. Uh, but <laughs> smarter people than me could do it before. Do you, do you deploy to Kubernetes? Let us know on, uh, let us connect with us on social media <laughs> at Adaptivist. Uh, last, uh, a, an update for both data center and server. Confluence security improvements. Um, uh, yeah, and these are actually going to be backported. Whatever these improvements are, this is this is their generic. They've had this in the release notes um, for like the last six months now. 
of the ongoing, this is an ongoing effort. One of the ways we work to continuously improve confluence, we do this. Um, notably, the upgrades in 714 for uh, security will be backported to Confluence 7.4 long-term support and 7.13 long-term support. So if you're on either of those, uh, there's a, I don't know if it's going to be deploys a hotfix or bug fix release, but the security improvements will continue to be available to you in those LTS releases. over to Bitbucket on-prem. Uh, 7.17, a long-term support release for Bitbucket announced on October 5th. Uh, as we know, with a long-term support release, Atlassian will continue to backport critical security and product bug fixes to 7.17 throughout its standard two-year support window. It has been nearly a year since Bitbucket server and data center. Um, the previous long-term support release was 7.6. It's been almost a year. There's been a lot that has been added in this new release. Uh, Jira integration on the Bitbucket dashboard, you can see OpenJira is assigned to you, making it easy to see what's coming up without bouncing back and forth between tools. You can require Jira issues in the commit messages with the built-in commit checker for Jira issues, integrate with Jira Software Cloud using OAuth to enable Bitbucket data center to send enhanced development information to your Jira site. Uh, the required builds merge check gives admins more flexibility and control over pull requests being merged into various destination branches. Uh, some updates for performance and scaling, allowing you to manage all your repos in Bitbucket Data Center from one location and automatically decline inactive pull requests. There's an enhanced developer experience allowing reviewer groups for pull requests, drafting multiple comments on files and code during a review process, and collaborating with your team um, by sharing ideas that combine code, data, and visualizations by rendering Jupyter Notebooks. Upgrading is going to be a lot easier, uh, a zero downtime upgrade by performing a rolling upgrade and integrated CI and CD updates where you can set up actions and rerun builds from Bitbucket on the builds page and pull request page builds tab. So um, some of these things we have talked about already, it's all been packaged up into a single release. There's about 140 issues resolved. Uh, there is a lengthy long-term support release change log for 7.17. Um, also available, as mentioned previously, Bitbucket Data Center can be installed on Kubernetes. If that's a thing that is of interest to you, this is outlined on the release notes that we'll link in the show notes. As always, there is an upgrade guide and matrix that you can take a look at before you do your upgrade. Um, yeah, a big beefy update for Bitbucket on-prem. In additional Bitbucket news, action required for Git Kraken users using SSH. So this is where we're restraining the Git Kraken. Atlassian recently learned that users of Bitbucket Cloud who generated SSH keys using Git Kraken versions 7.6.0 to 8.0.0 could be subject to a vulnerability resulting in the creation of duplicate keys. So the developers of the Git Kraken app have reached out to Atlassian when they discovered that they, there were duplicate keys getting generated and have fixed the bug in version 8.0.1 of their software. This was not the result of a compromised data breach or other data exposure events of Bitbucket Cloud. Uh, there is a link to more information about the fix uh, in the blog post, which we will link to in the show notes. 
in order to protect Atlassian's customers, the Bitbucket Cloud team launched an investigation into launched an investigation to identify weak keys as well as any signs of unauthorized access to repos. There's no evidence that any customer data has been compromised. Bitbucket Cloud team has gone ahead and revoked keys that were identified as weak, as well as adding them to a block list preventing future use. If you were using one of these keys, you should have received an email notification with instructions to generate a new key. Um, at this point, it's highly recommended that users of Gitkraken update to the latest version. Uh, again, 8.0.1 has the bug fix, and then go ahead and generate new keys. So a few weeks ago, we talked about, or I guess a few podcasts ago, two weeks in between, a few months ago, some in the before time. Who even knows? Uh, we, we talked about Atlassian Codegeist, which is this uh, competition Atlassian runs every year uh, for people to build apps and compete for prizes and fame along with the fortune. Uh, this year was uh, building with Forge. You okay there, Ryan? You can't see the air quotes around fame. That's all. <laughs> I, fame. I... I I made no quotes, I, uh, you, no you, gestures for me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, so this year's code guys uh, focused on Forge. So you, you had to build a cloud app using Forge, and uh, there were a, a ton of submissions, a lot of um, diversity, interesting things. I am not going to go through all of them. Uh, I'm not even going to go through like many or any of them. Um, <laughs> but we will link to the Code Guys 2021 winners if you want to take a look at them i will highlight the grand prizes uh so there were three categories that Atlassian wanted to to focus on so the business category is one called uh, office manager that's for like uh shared workspaces so you can uh you know re reserve your desk uh at the shared workspace if the shared workspace everybody's using the same jira instance i guess in the co-working space and you want to reserve a desk, that's a thing you can do. Um, one called uh, Diligence Doer, designed for data teams to prevent breaking changes, uh, checking some things out. And then Jira Hook Ninja, uh, position yourself as an integration platform as a service for webhook-supported applications. So all pretty cool. There's videos for all of them. You can go out and take a look. Uh, and then there's like another 30 <laughs> um, four apps. Like second place, third place, fourth place, uh, honorable mentions, wild cards, bonus prizes, like all, all kinds of stuff out here. It's pretty cool. Um, so take a look. Uh, I, I just spot checked a few of them. I, the ones that I looked at are not available on the marketplace. So like, if you go out and you see one that you're really excited about, um, uh, you know, restrain yourself, uh, much like the get cracking. Like it's, it's not there yet. You can't get it. Uh, there's no guarantee that these people will list them on the marketplace, but my guess is they put in the effort they won. They probably will. Um, you'll find out there. So if you see something you really like, you know, you can always reach out to the devs and ask when they're going to do it or just keep, you know, searching, you know, searching the marketplace and just hit F5 or refresh over and over and over again for the rest of your life until it shows up. Whichever approach works best for you. And finally, what are you doing on uh, the 28th of October? Well, if you're me, you're going to be hosting a webinar 
on migrating Script Runner from server data center to the cloud. So if you are one of the Adaptivist Script Runner users or administrators and you're looking to move to a different platform, this webinar is for you. Going to be an opportunity for you to discuss questions and situations with Bobby Bailey, a fantastic engineer, and Phil Fox, our principal customer success advocate. Uh, we'll also have Mo Backer on the call, a product marketing manager who uh, knows his script runner fairly well, I must say. So we're going to be online talking about moving your script runner uh, experience over to the cloud from on-premise on the 28th of October, and there'll be a link to sign up for that webinar included in the show notes. And that's it for this week's Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Hit us up on social at Adaptivist, uh, wherever fine socials can be found and or made. Let us know if there's a story you'd like to talk more about or, you know, potentially maybe something you want us to talk less about. We're agile. We, we welcome the feedback, you know. And be sure to tune in next time. Make sure we're subscribed on your Podbean app of awesomeness. And uh, maybe uh, you don't really need to like, share, or subscribe, but just maybe maybe give it a little review. And just a little, little tap. We'll tap that star there. A little, little nudge there. And for Brenda Burl, Ryan Spilken, this is Matthew Stubblefield signing off. Thanks again for listening to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast on Adaptivist Live, the Adaptivist Podcast Network. I said words there, right? <laughs> In the right order. It only took four or five takes. So that's all right. That's all right. <laughs>